Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Johnny, you're very welcome to episode five of Scaling Your Business. Thanks, Emil. Delighted to be here with you. Yeah, yeah, no worries. We're, we're delighted to have you. Look, this podcast, you know, for, for the listeners that are you, is we touch on a number of the blind spots that can otherwise hold back a healthy business. Uh, we've identified 13 blind spots. I'd probably go as far as to say there's actually 14. I didn't anticipate that uh, a pandemic would happen, so I've now renamed it to 14 blind spots. Anyway, the four that we're going to focus on today is hiring, tying corporate goals to personal goals, accountability, and sharing the vision. So if we get kick-started with hiring, and Honey and Buzz just marked its first year anniversary in the middle of 2020. Despite all that went on, you managed to continue to you know, scale the business and hire people um, with an office in Dublin city center, when you're hiring people, did you have any concerns about remote versus in-house? And if so, what led you or pulled you towards, you know, remote or in-house? Yeah. Um, thanks for that nice intro comment. <laughs> but yeah, so it was very early on. So I run the business with uh, my brother, Paddy. Um, and one of the things I suppose when, like this probably goes wider than just the pandemic, but I'll start with that with COVID is when that is and whatever was it Paddy's day back in March from Leo yeah, Marker did that speech yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, from, from New York or what was it, Washington. Um, that we sat down and we had to say, okay, look, things are, this is massively going to impact or this is going to change. And we had a, we were part of a kind of global network anyway uh, called Tribe. So we had been given a heads up by our, um the partner agencies over in china as to how they were dealing with what had happened and we we, we were only talking about this the other day myself and patty like we, we were on a briefing call back in maybe january february last year being told by uh, kiri from uh, sinclair communications over there what it was like and wow. what was happening and we were like oh that's awful that's so bad to hear it's terrible news for both you and you know for china and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. but it, I, I maybe we were just being naive or whatever we thought that until we spoke to everyone else they said the same thing that we just thought it was like a, an issue over there and, yeah. and maybe that is terribly naive and we're all bad people for not realizing it and then obviously things hit italy and then so on and baba and i were here but as that happened we went okay look we need to sit down and we made we made as many of the tough quick decisions not quick but you know decisions that had to be made straight away in there difficult ones in terms of how we were going to run keep running the business we went into a survive mode rather than a thrive mode um where we said okay look we need to obviously cut all costs we need to do everything that needs to be done to make sure that the business survives and that we can do the best work possible for our clients and make sure that we can maintain our staff and our team so the way we run our business anyway is we don't necessarily we, it's never our ambition to have a huge uh team you know in-house yeah. team that's not really i mean and it's funny because i talk to people quite a lot around this and in, in a creative business like ours what tends to happen is you can get to 
you know, maybe a, a level, it depends on the type of agency, maybe it's 15, 20 people. And after that, you need to add in an administrative layer. And that's really frustrating as a, as a, as a business owner and manager and try to run and do it because you just want to do great work. And that's why we all get into yeah. it. We don't get into it for, I, I don't know many people who get into or set up their own business or work because the admin is the bit they know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the like, oh, okay. It's, it's a, it's a necessary evil, you know, in a way. And we try and outsource what we can. And we you know all of us do that, I think. But, um, like how we how we can then progress with that as in like how we took what we did decisions we made then and and how how we i suppose what i'm trying to say is the the team the first of all we want to do is take the team and make sure we kept them and not swell beyond that and have to put, put that that layer in so keeping the team was number one and yeah we've had to relearn things and we've had to change it but we've always had then a second model that sits beside it which is how we work with our our remote teams anyway yeah. so we have we have people working with us uh, across the uk we have freelance uh, people working with us all across europe we have one of our best so we, we would obviously do a lot of live events and experiences and one of our top um uh, 3d visualizers uh, she is from New Zealand, lives there, works with us regularly. So it's kind of a cool thing in one sense. I'll tell you why it's nice for her. Uh, she is fantastic. She's one of the best there is going that works mm-hmm. with us. We don't, I mean, we're not, we're not doing 3D renders every day. So yeah. the model works perfectly. She works over, we kind of call it, it's like a permalance basis. So like, she's always working with us, just not in your traditional nine to five, Monday to Friday roads. It just doesn't suit. And also that's a hell of a commute from New Zealand. Um, Especially time zone as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but actually this is the great thing is sometimes all we can do is we'll have, you know, we'll do the briefing session. We get on a call. We did this anyway, you see. So we, we worked across, you know, uh, teams and we can have that chat through, do the briefing, send it all through, have it done. We log off for the day and we come back in and the first round draft is in your inbox the next morning, which is kind of a nice way to work. <laughs> so For it's sure. just through the night on that. And that's kind of a cool way of doing it. Um, and that works across variety. We have people across the States. We have basically, we have quite a broad network that we work with. And I, and I think we always, always, always sort of said that the nine to five, Monday to Friday, you know, lunch at one till two or whatever yeah. that doesn't really work for us as an industry in, in our business anyway yeah so like our bread and butter what we would say are like creating remarkable experiences for our clients you know they get they get they get people talking about our clients business um, and that can be in a live capacity uh, like which you might see something like we would do at a festival with the likes of Heineken or Navia um, or, or could be in-house with them. You know, the work we would do, we've worked with Dropbox and Amazon and various clients around there in their, uh, their their events that they would do in-house, and that gets people talking in-house about them. Um, and, and that's maybe on a live live side of it. Then from a digital perspective, it's getting people to, you know, talking online, creating conversations online, creating the right conversations. That's more and more, obviously, screen time, that's huge. And then... From a virtual perspective, is t- that's been the big explosion since um, COVID has been how we bring it out virtually. And two strands for us across that would be one from a sampling perspective. So, um, for example, you know, we some of the clients we'd work with they would be heavily from like a Unilever. They would be heavily sampling based. 
and um, yeah. getting the brand into people's hands and then what we try and do there is we've moved that to a virtual solution so that we can still able to do that virtually we actually use a uh, blockchain technology to be able to do that which is really nice that that was always there we, we always had always a nice to have for clients and now it's become okay i kind of must have that because i don't my other way is gone and then the other thing around virtual virtual events conferences um everything that goes into that but the reason i talked that around the team is that obviously has yeah. to be a big change in how we work and again a lot of what we do can be project-based then as well because it's a specific project for a specific either launch or something like that that the nature and the build of the team changes every time so either we're going to have if we just went for that traditional you know the, the old school nine to five mentality of you know that kind of team well we'd be great at some things and when we tried to do something else we wouldn't you know what i mean like we're 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 really about bringing the right people in at the right time for the for the right job. Now we have a core team that understands our clients and knows our clients and manages it and develops the relationships and does that side of it. And you know we keep some of our creative in house. But after that, then we can bring the right people in at the right time. And I think that's that's something that's so important for us about how we work. It keeps us really agile and nimble. It allows us, to, like I said, have the best people. Um, and that that does that answer your kind of remote and local for you? Yeah, no, it does. And and I like the old the the not dissing, but not going down the old school path of as you say, lunch at one to two or whatever. Because uh, I work with a lot of colleagues in the US on some corporate projects, and mm. it's nice to be able to send an email in the evening with your side done, and then you go home, and the next morning you wake up and they've done their bit so you're like you're inching more forward and forward but you're making progress at a much faster rate you know casey knights that um said that there's those that like to manage and those that like to do and i'm certainly one of those that fit into the category of like the creative doer i like i don't like to sit around and wait i want to get things mm. done and when i go asleep then my australian colleague is doing their part of that it's easier to move things forward and i i i i sense that you're somewhat similar one of the other things you touched on i know i want to get back to hiring in a second was that you were lucky enough to have some colleagues or connections over in Asia that, uh, let's say, tipped you off about the virus coming down. Um, I was a non-believer in the thing. Uh, middle of March, I actually flew out to America to spend the week over <laughs> in Orlando um, at Lovely. a conference. And I remember being at the conference and people, there was kind of whispers about this coronavirus that, may have spread further than Asia at the time. And, you know, there was a lot of word about it in Ireland at this stage, it was kind of starting to come to fruition. And I remember I wanted to stay on an extra couple of days because I had extended my flight to uh, enjoy some time in the pool or whatever, because I'd work in the whole yeah. time there. And the hotel said, we actually can't have to stop bookings. We can't take anyone else on. I only wanted to stay an extra two nights. And they said, no, we can't. Yeah. We're closing the whole thing down. Uh, and then it really hit going, well, and my entire, I've had my iPad with me, my entire flight home on the airline flight was just planning going, how the hell do I keep things alive? At the time, I was in a completely different business. I've since sold that successfully. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it certainly was a, was a shock to the system to see how do we go fully virtual. And one of the things you mentioned was the virtual solution and the virtual events. So in terms of around hiring, but more so people, uh, when you had to adapt to that, how did your clients react? Because in my world, I'd say about 80% of an issue were like, because a lot of our uh, work prior to COVID was uh, corporate work and 80% of them just completely shut down. It was those smaller businesses that stayed with us. 
what was it what was it that you noticed in the first kind of eight to 12 weeks well the first thing we did was we ripped up all of the plans that we had built for our clients <laughs> for uh for the year uh and i mean that from like we obviously we like so for example we do a huge amount of work across the summer at festivals yeah for our clients um and that had to go in the bin. <laughs> uh, everything gone, virtually ripped up. Uh, because they just couldn't do it, obviously. They're all cancelled, so it's not going ahead. And then they just, they went like dominoes. You remember each of them went through one by one. That okay, no. You laugh at it now, looking back. But there was like, there was like a, you know, the breaking news, uh, electric picnics cancelled. Body yeah, and soul. Oh, no, 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 don't, not that, at least not that. It was <laughs> slow, just, it was. It wasn't a, yeah. it wasn't a fast. And it was just each of the way, and we were kind of sitting there going, oh, they will. yeah, no, obviously. And we, so we basically quite early on called our clients and said, look, this is going to happen, this will get to do. Now, to be fair to clients, they were also sitting there going, well, they didn't know what to do either. And we, you know, for example, you know, you work with someone like Heineken, who are a fantastic client and really, really good to us uh, and how we work with them. But can you imagine being a Heineken when suddenly every outlet that you basically sell out of from the on-trade has just been closed? Yep, and then you're trying to plan. You know, you're trying to plan at the same time as you're dealing with that, the commercial aspects. Then beyond just that, then they have to deal with all of the other issues that they they Stuff. have in terms of, yeah, and also even just from, um, you know, how they manage their stock. There's a huge amount of stock sitting there. How can they get that out? How can they get through the logistics? So, our our role, we very quickly kind of said to our clients, "We're here. Yeah, this is what we can do for you. This is how we can help." But you have, you have things you need to solve too. So us knocking on their door and trying to, you know, what about us? That this wasn't about that. This was about offering, you know, what we can do. And, and what we were able to do there was to look at solutions based on. And that's basically what we do. It sounds a bit cheesy, but like we're, we we problem solve creatively. We hope, but a lot of the time it's we solve problems for clients that move their needle, you know, and turn their commercial yep. needle of what they're trying to do. And if for, so for us there, it was it became so virtual. Obviously, it was something we had been working on previously was virtual sampling, and I mentioned it just earlier. There, we were able to take that on for clients and say, "Yeah, look, that's something you can do. You bring out a new product, and you need to get it into people's hands. That's number one priority. Marketing one hundred and one. That's what happens. You everyone will know that different ways of doing it, but a lot of the main ways of doing it just went overnight." Um, or, or weren't considered safe. And that's obviously, that was one of the key bits for us to make sure everything we did is safe for our clients. And so we had to find ways to be able to do that. And it's a huge piece that needed to be solved. And I mean, now we've got to a space where we have, um, but that was the, what we were talking to clients about. But what changed was the makeup of the team that we obviously needed both in-house and who we were bringing on board with us to work. So we, uh, we've always had a digital offering within the agency and Obviously, when the I kind of named the three areas we really, really focus on, which is live, digital, and virtual, you can imagine there wasn't much live happening. Yeah. So either we kind of retrained the people in that space. Uh, we also hired um, two people onto our digital team because that became more and more important um, to be the kind of lifeblood of the agency in the very, very short For term sure. of that space. So, and also the the digital work that we would do would tend to be more longer term, more ongoing. Um, you know, it's month on month. Uh, as you get into the detail of a you know a digital campaign, it's the small tweaks along the way um, to ensure the success of it. So that that really needs a longer term management. So that's why we brought people in to manage that. 
Um, and then I suppose that we tapped into our freelance network to deliver the virtual experiences, uh, depending on, on on what what it is we're looking for. We also have a very strong video production in house, and um, uh, sort of we expanded that out to be able to take on the offering into into virtual events and and broadcast. Yeah. So if if I've heard you correctly, you've got a core team of people. You mentioned you brought two new two newbies onto the digital team, and then you've got a I'm going to call it a freelance team that you can tap into. You reference yeah. someone in New Zealand. Um, have you got a board, like a board of people that you go to to help with that hiring process? Is it a good feel? Is it a, you've got people consistently applying because they see the events you run and they like it? Who do you go to? Um, so we don't, we don't have a, a board, so to speak. Mm. um an official board in that sense We've i meant like an independent of, board that you leverage yeah yeah, yeah 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 exactly exactly well I just, yeah so what we what i've all, always been lucky enough to have is good contacts with people or kept good contacts with people who have been very helpful helpful to myself and patty of people we would know who are experts in their area i would always try and go to them and ask a question if they you know and they're good about coming back to me on it and having that and being able to I suppose support across that and understanding. I think it's experts in each area. I think that's for any if you if anyone wanted, if I was to if anyone wanted advice on anything for me, it would be get your panel of experts. It could be two people at the start. It'll probably end up as you grow a business to be 50 people yeah. or 20 people. But for me, that's one of the big, big things is get your is get experts around you. You know, if it's from a finance side, if it's if it's from marketing, from a you know a different perspective, whatever it is, the operations, the legal side, the HR everything around it gets someone who really knows their stuff and, and and work with them and pay them and and it saves you an absolute fortune i wish i wish someone told me that you know in, in life just years ago and that would have probably saved me a lot of money and a lot of hassle and a lot of stress we've built up that network as well i think it would be i'll give you an example of, of just yeah. just things that i've seen even through lockdown so um there is a lady in una hurley who um she she on LinkedIn put out a nice note basically saying that she's seen an awful lot of people who um, she's been in the marketing game for a while and who have, you know, were put out of work or, you know, circumstances around COVID, but really, really strong people and personnel and freelancers and everyone across it. And she'd say, look, I've got a bit of a list going. If anyone needs someone in this area, you know, keep, keep in touch. And it just mushroomed, just ballooned out. And now she introduced hundreds of people on the list after a few months, everyone touching base there. Blah, blah. And what became a sort of a lovely thing to do, probably I think from talking to, you know, took up more and more and more of her time. And actually herself and another kind of industry, industry pro and old head, Peter McFarlane, have turned this into something called the Indie List. And that is now um, a list where you can go on as a freelancer and you can sign up. And then also go. You can go on as the uh, the agency or the employer, and yeah. and it's that network between the two. So I love it because, a, I've had some great chats with Una. Through you asked me like, is there people around? I've had some wonderful chats with her over the last you know nine months about how to how to bring people, the right people in the team. She's been helpful with us of that, and she's and she's obviously providing a fantastic service now. She's turned that into a business, and that came yeah. from her just trying to do a bit of good and and That's then amazing. do something through. And then, like, there's other people. I think I have friends of mine who run recruitment businesses. They're very good around just giving me a little bits of advice and tips and staying kind of on it. There's people in the marketing industry. I think if you, you know, Alternatives is a really good agency around that. Um, 
this one by Sandra Lawler. Like there's people in there who you can go to and who will give you their time. And obviously from another perspective, if you know you're working with them, they're they're gonna give you the best results too. So yeah. I think that's there there is people we speak to. I think from yeah, yeah, I, I think that would probably give you a good idea around that. And then yeah, I suppose what, the, the process of, of recruitment, like how we would recruit, um, is really important. And that that number massive lesson, if you want to go through those that I've learned, is sure. we now put culture, it sounds so obvious, and it's sad to do when I say it like that. Culture is our kind of number one hire right now. Will it fit for the agency? Are you the right person to work with? Uh, honey and buzz and that that is number one talent obviously and everything else comes under it but actually we've worked at some of the most you know I've, we, I've, I've worked at really talented people and they just the culture didn't work and when that goes and breaks then they don't work well with others because they have one way of doing it and everyone else has a different way and they may you know respond differently to how things work and it just doesn't fit it's a bit like the the footballer who can't fit into it i i for for my pain in the world, I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, not the worst. I had a Leeds fan on the other day, so okay, <laughs> you're, you're okay. not as well, bad as that. They're they're slowly dropping down the table too. Um, but the I compare it to like as an Arsenal fan. I'm sorry to bore anyone with this, but like if you if you're into football, it's like Mesut Ozil, who was like who's probably just left right now actually today. But he he is someone who flourished under a particular style and a particular ethos under say someone like Arsene Wenger and then under a different regime and a different group of people and a group of set couldn't and ended up being sort of yeah. left out and completely but my point is that in truth he was for the same person in both and, and that's the same for most people is you have to find the environment that works for you not just oh I'm talented at x therefore I can do this anywhere I don't actually believe in that. I think you have to be with the right people around you, the right supports, the right, you know, a lot of things need to work. It's not just, so like I've probably worked with people who, you know, in their time when I worked with them, we had the best relationship and we really flourished and everything worked because the fit was great. And then there's yeah. probably someone who, who that wasn't the case with and we didn't get on as well or we just didn't click properly, even though we thought everything would. And you know what? Now maybe it would work because... I've changed and they've changed and loads of things. So there's yeah. there's all that to take in that I think there's no there's no one bit. And I think as well, the other bit I think in recruitment is I it's become so much more uh part of the front of my thinking in terms of for us that like we put much more effort into it now than we used that I than I would have starting out or doing anything. And I think the bit behind that is there's no silver bullet. Everyone wants the quick and easy fix for how to get your recruitment right. And it, it, I, I hate to say this, it's difficult. It takes time. Like the, the role that we, one of the roles that we, um, we advertised for back in uh, the summer last year, we had, I think, of what I saw in front of me, because I went through them all, about 250 applications. And that was through a, an initial screening process. That meant that I spent evening after evening going through um profiles cvs covering yeah. letters of 250 people but it's worked out and we're so delighted with the person that's working with us nice. and that went through that whole process to get there and now i'm delighted whereas like 
the everyone wants oh 250 geez how can you just find me the one or you know and, and that's maybe where i don't think it, it it's a strong you have to really really which what would you i suppose you you get out what you put in yeah with time and effort um one of the things i wanted to talk about was process but moving on from that a uh, hmm. question that uh, piqued my interest even more was you mentioned culture being the most important to you how do you know if someone ticks that box um how do we know because we're very like uh, culturally in the agency we we actually have a culture doc that everyone has <laughs> like this is how basically okay. we have i like i haven't me like like what we say here is like we're an agency that's full of high performing passionate creative people uh it's important to work hard deliver for our clients but equally we want to ensure we want everyone to enjoy their work and be proud of the work that they do yeah. And then we do it through those core values and their trust, respect, accountability, creativity, and teamwork. Nice. So those, those things, and this is the thing, like, so number one is like, we trust each other. You know, if something needs to be done, it gets done. Yep. Vice versa. That's always the way we respect the process and each other. You mentioned the process there, but so something here we have is, you know, we respect that there is a process and we have to go through it. It doesn't mean that we, blind ourselves to the process you know that we we, we yeah. make it more painful but we do respect that because if there's a way of doing something you do it and even if it's on the smallest job do it right get it because the next person we always say you know if you got hit by a bus <laughs> so it's like that blueprint so it's someone easy to pick up and yeah. run with it yeah 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 and, and that's what i think you know there's a sorry to get sidetracked here there's a there's a foundation i really have begun to believe a lot more in in that of getting those basics right you know the way the guy, the likes of what is it, like Zuckerberg and some of those uh, tech leaders will talk about, you know, wearing the same clothes every day because it takes oh, that yeah. thought process away. Now I'm not sure about that, but um, I I do think that what it does allow you to do is get those structures right, that the basics, the admin, you know, the bit that you don't, like I said, you don't go into business for, so that it gives you the time around the other stuff, like get real structured on all that, and then what I love is. So like uh, we have uh, we had a brief uh, for a client that we we're working on later last week, and we we're going through everything through it, and do, do, we we go through a bit of a process around creativity as well. But then I was walking through Herbert Park with my two-year-old twins and my wife on the weekend. In fact, I was there about four times. But uh, I was walking through, and, and uh, we we're a part we were uh, that we were walking through of the park was quite bare at the moment, and we'll start to. It starts to first, and it's where the cherry blossoms are, and they, nice. and they're amazing during the during the spring. I think you know when that starts to all come out, and they, they're only there kind of for a couple of weeks, really. But it's an amazing yeah. time in in that park, and they're not there at the moment. And that it just got me thinking about something about this project we're doing and how we could actually bring something to life. Now that happened this, I think it was actually Sunday at you know eleven o'clock <laughs> as I was walking yeah. through her park. That's not sitting there doing your, you know, you're not, as I said, the nine to five work of what, what, what we do. So as a business, we can't constrain that and say, you need to just come up with it during this time. You know, it comes to you at loads of different times. What we can do is get all the process bits right so that you're not thinking about the process bits when you should be thinking about the creativity. Because we know that happens in totally bizarre, odd times. Like, you know, you're sitting there, the old school of having a pint and you say, you know, you, you know, the usual happens all the, the time. Back yeah. of a beer match, you know, they're the best. But that's what you say that's the best it is because you're free to think of them then. And you're not being constrained by the fact that you have a meeting coming up at three. And then you also have a, a, something to send in and have you got your expenses ready for the end of the month? You've got blah, blah, blah. Whereas if that's all structured and really, really defined. It gives you the freedom around that. I think that's 
that's that. So turn to go back into the core values. Then one thing we have is we don't leave our dirty dishes in the sink. That is a, right. <laughs> a value that's, that's there, but actually, but actually it's a, we kind of say, what does it say about us as an eight? It's a bit of a fun one, but it's more just a, like, we wouldn't leave our rubbish on site at an event. Yeah. Um, you know, we do, we do the small things right. And then we excel when it comes to the bigger things. And that's, that's, that's what that's meant to mean. You know, yeah. it's just about respect. It goes back into respect actually. And then, uh, you know, we're creative about how we approach challenges. And I think that's because, you know, we try and not conform to legacy ways of doing things and that we stay curious. And then, and then I think an interesting bit here is, because it, it, it is, is into, we challenge each other to do our best. And I think that's really important. And it's meant in the best possible way. And I think it takes a particular type of person or a culture to do it right, because it can't come across as being a bit of a pain in the, uh, is, you know, is this the best you can do? Yeah. And it's a really difficult thing because I, I want people to ask me as well, because most of the time the answer is, well, I could do a bit better. For sure. uh, and it's that thing that, you know, how many iterations do you get to before it's done and it's sent in? And I know you'll have like, don't let whatever perfect get in the way of great. But at the same time, there are definite levels that Standards. you could add to it. And if you do it together, I think that's when you get absolutely fantastic work. That's when you get the, hang on, I think we can do better. And I'll sit down with you and the two of us have an hour at it. And it turns out at the end, we go, geez, that's really good now, isn't it? Yeah. And then nearly, but it's still not going to be the bit we send to our client. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then. And then yeah. the client's feedback comes in because that's where it has to be collaborative. I think there used to be a way of like, you know, the client gave a brief, the agency returned it, and it went back and that was it. Whereas it's much more collaborative now, I feel, and uh, how we work with our clients. That probably comes from us too. But that's, that's the process, I think. I like it. There was two things you said there. One will lead on to the next question. So I'll start with the first one was, you mentioned the basics. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer in that. I have two brackets. I have the basics and I have the extras. The extras are things like what I'm doing right now, recording a podcast. Yeah. The basics are, in my mind, I call it a cookbook. So what are the daily things you need to do to make sure to keep your pipeline healthy and continue to close new business? And whether that's net new business or current clients and expanding in those accounts. But um, I took my foot off the, the, the pedal a while ago with the basics and focused on the extras. And I can mm. see four or five weeks later down the line, the effect it had on my pipeline and the effect it had on net new revenue, it dwindled. It, it almost disappeared. And then once I put my foot back on the pedal of just doing the basics, in my mind, the cookbook, what are the number of daily calls in my messages, things that I need to do to hit my yeah. goals, then I can make time for the extras. So for me, 8.30 a.m. till 12, when I start rocking home for lunch, is completely blocked out of my calendar for taking care of the basics. Once I've done the basics, then I can do one or two of the extras. The other thing I wanted to touch on was you mentioned that you challenge each other. I love that. It kind of leads me into the next kind of blind spot we're going to talk about, which we won't spend as long on as this as we did at hiring, but tying corporate goals to personal goals. Look, we're both owners of companies and I'm sure like me, you have your own goals. In some organizations that I've been in, you know, I've been blessed to be a fly on the wall in the likes of Salesforce and Oracle when I've seen some saddle traders train and I've also got deeper into those organizations. They don't tie the owner's goals or the manager's goals to the person's individual contributor goals. The example I have on screen here is let's say I, I had a million euro quota and if I hit the quota, I get 10K commission. The question is what would I do with the 10K commission? Because if you were to tell me that I've got a million thing quota of a hit, I make 10K. Yeah, I'm going to work hard because I'm competitive as hell. 
but I'll work harder if I can tie that 10k commission to a goal. For me, I'm looking at a house on the south side of Dublin. I'm in mean at the moment. My girlfriend's parents are on the south side of Dublin. She wants to move there. That's not cheap. So when I tie the goal to if I get this, I get 10k, but that's moving the idea of moving to the south side of Dublin closer. Then I'm going to work really hard because now I'm working for my future. So going in line with the whole idea of you challenging each other, do you, and if so, how do you kind of tie those company goals to each individual goal, whether it's just you or members of your team? Yeah, I, 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 that's good. It's a, like you're, you're pretty much spot on. You've, <laughs> I guess the question you've really answered it. It's more just me giving you my opinion, I guess, on it. But then, I, I think, look, you have to have that, that big goal. I think across, across, across anything that you're going to do, whether personal or, you know, sporting or whatever, there has to be that, that big goal. The problem then is when you start to break that down. And first of all, the the big goal tends to work either for the, you know, the the business owner or the the CEO or the, whoever is setting the C-suite, whoever that, in any business, or it's a, you know, a small, small business and it's that big goal. That's fine. As you disseminate that, it loses relevance because, the reward of that goal of whatever it is tends to get diluted and it's how so in your case if you gave us like a a million euro quota and then through to the the bonus or the payment the commission that goes out of 10k like it first has to be that is that is that right like is that fair in terms of what's in so they have to be aligned so that if you're bringing a million in and, and you've you're going to get 10k like am i sitting there at the start saying yeah that's that's brilliant or there, are you are you kicking off the relationship with begrudgery yeah. do you know like actually if it turns out that 50k was the right amount that person got because you know what that was one million in completely new business that person has brought in and done and blah 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 and we're really motivated on it then then I think that's that's the first point. You have to be at that first. I, I was I find a friend of mine is a, is a CFO in a company, and he said one of his favorite things is writing the commission checks out to a sales team, and some of them are huge, like massive numbers that are going out to guys. And one of the guys he he was about 28, 29 in the in the company. I'm obviously not going to give any company names, but he said that he got this check and was like. I don't know what to do with it <laughs> because he had done really well. He closed a massive global deal. He's in a sales role, like fair play. He works his ass off. He did really, yeah. really well, but he was like, this is a huge win. You know, he was almost like, I don't know what to do. And obviously look, he, he, he would have done whatever he does with it. But the, the point was that he was delighted to get it. And the CFO was delighted to write the check as was the CEO. And that let, I think that there's sometimes an element of begrudgery that the CFO or the CEO is nearly uh, handing over yeah, that check because it, they're yeah. like, oh, look, I have to give X, you know, like say use your amount there, 10 grand or 50 grand or 100 grand over to this person. Oh, Jesus, that's that's more than, you know, other people earn or everything like that. And you're like, well, hang on a second. Look at the other side, what they brought in, look what they've done and that. And if it's a, if it's a virtuous circle, that's when I think it's at its best. But that doesn't necessarily happen the same for everyone. And that's if I hold my hand up where we've, I've struggled in understanding or getting it right. And I'm not, I think nearly year on year when you do things, you sort of realize, did we do like that last year? So that's, that's not good enough. We should do, you know, you're trying to be better that's, and better. That's and learn the progress that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever look at an old presentation you did and go, Jesus, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I don't look. But, yeah, yeah. But well, my point to be, I actually, I was, I was reading um, 
the Sunday Times and yesterday and um, Ronan O'Gara was interviewed in it and he was saying how competitive he is because he brought up being competitive there and he brought it up about, his, about how he is as a coach and he was sort of saying he finds it really difficult because as a player he was just hyper competitive and and that brought that through into his coaching there and he has still some of the most talented players in the world playing for him and he doesn't see that that like I'll do anything to win mentality with them and he found that really difficult when he became a coach. And I translate that through into work because it just made me think, and having coming in, you know, to sit here and do this with you today, it just made me think about, geez, that is true. And and how did how have we ever done it? Because some people, do you know what? The 10 grand in your example wouldn't be the driving force. Do you know yeah. money, money is money is important. And, and actually, weirdly, it's probably less important for people the more they have, but that's a different matter. But you know, is it that, that thing of oh, it doesn't make you happy? Well, like you need a certain amount to, to, to live and to do well to get by. But some people are, are there's other there's other things. So, like from a creative thing, they want to really get their most creative work out. How can you allow them to do that? That might be something. Or some people might value time more than money. And actually, if they have kids or you know someone they care for, and they they would prefer to spend more time with that, maybe that's the reward. Maybe you can turn their week into a four day week and keep their salary the same. And that's that's worth more than the extra 10 grand. So how can you give back days? How can you, and we, I think that's what we've tried to understand. So something we've tried to do is talk, this sounds so basic actually, is just talk to our team more. In the weirdly, the one thing we, I hate that we've lost the general buzz and camaraderie of the agency and the kind of you know and that's not just a you know kind of friday thing that's like we, we try to do other stuff as well like yoga i know that was a laugh all of us doing yoga together we've done it virtually too but it's not as much fun uh, it is fun but not the same and you 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 can lose that sense of togetherness quite quickly and you can also lose that even the one-to-ones because what i realized was we were having you know your cup of coffee is gone yeah, the now small we, the small chat at the yeah. coffee dock is like yeah. I I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm a t- I was supposed to attend a conference in March in America. I won't make it over, but um, they're charging the same price for virtual attendance as in person. So mm. you know, I, I'm involved in salary, so I get it for three hundred dollars. But I'm saying dollars because it's American. But for yeah. non-salary people, it's a thousand two hundred dollars, and they're charging the same price for attendees a thousand two hundred as they are for virtual attendees but the magic for me in the conference is the hallway conversations i have between Absolutely. the talks and i think you can't really put a price on that so the charge the same price is, is a bit crazy which kind of does and doesn't go into your idea of that kind of coffee conversation but those things are important and you miss them when they're gone yeah Absolutely. And, that, and that's kind of what i'm saying is that like you understand when you talk to people on the chat kind of way like like you said just in the hallway kind of thing how are you getting on? He's like, yeah, I look, it's I'm finding X difficult because, you know, or the kids and whatever, or, you know, loads of all the stuff of life. And if you can understand that, you can say, well, do you know what? Would it make sense that you you work Fridays at home? Yeah. And then suddenly, because that's not maybe something that I was ever talked about or thought of or done, or, you know, you just work because you work. And, and I think knowing those little bits move us better. So we try to put in now, we, we have scheduled across our schedules, myself and Paddy, um, kind of 15-minute catch-ups with our team. Nice. Uh, individual, not really, a, it shouldn't be about the whirlwind of, you know, what's happening this week, what projects you're working on. It's it's more just take a step back. How's things, how you getting on? 
and he's ready yeah, yeah. to help on and, and that even though you have to structure it which is annoying because the it's not as natural <laughs> there you should it, we feel it's helping and i think it both ways it's helping it's helping me understand everyone as well and i hope and just have a chat catch up and yeah you're genuinely on, caring yeah because yeah. it's also tough when we we do like one of the first things we did as well was we brought in um two weekly meetings one on a monday one on a friday monday kind of sets up the week friday sort of finishes it out uh, with the whole team can still be tough some people are it's funny some people thrive on that call they they're just you know uh, larger than life chatty they can take over the call with stories and everything extra like yeah. yeah exactly and then you've got the other side of when i'm slightly more introverted people who are just happy to sit chat and listen and go through it but they don't you don't get as much out of it not that they don't get as much out of it sorry that their, their contribution could appear less and it doesn't mean that they're not enjoying it and it doesn't mean that they're not it's just not as much for them so a one-on-one can be more helpful to get them chatting and go through it so yeah. i think that's uh that is it but yeah and i think on the goal side of it it's also about you're going to have that big goal like we talked about but then it's breaking it down and breaking it down into those little bite-sized chunks and understanding you know you know i think we all know that feeling of um uh, I was listening actually to someone on your, my walk in uh, my walk this morning. I was listening to two of the uh, previous podcasts you did with Pierce and Finton, oh, nice. I, and they were talking about goals and they were talking. About, I was really really interesting. I was like, Jesus, some of the stuff they're doing is brilliant. Like I think what Pierce is doing from the uh, equine, and I was like, Wow, yeah, it's fa- you know, it's fascinating. Yeah, and you're like, Whoa, and that must be so intense, and what you know, what they're what they're doing, and how and how progressive it is, and how to make serious change. But I was like, even you, you, you build that first piece at the top of the the the, the triangle there of saying, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to set out to do X, and maybe that's a revenue goal, or it's a it's a new piece of business, something that you're going to have. And as you start to break it down, it, you know, it turns into a, a phone call at the start. <laughs> and it's and it's become so tiny that it's just, did you, you know, and me and Patty then, when we're talking, is, did you call X today? And, and that's, the, that's the challenge. So the challenge wasn't, can you hit X revenue in 2021 or 20, by 2022 or something? Because that's ridiculous. If I ask him today, how did he get on with that? It's not a, you know, you don't ask a football team, have you won the league today? Because you haven't. No. But you've done your one bit, which is you did your, your training, you know, was perfect today. And, and that's, it. that's what I mean is, so then breaking, if you can then break the, the, the tiny bits to make the big goal work and make them uh, achievable and understandable and desirable for the person who's trying to do their little, you know, their target within it. And that it marries all up back up the chain, then I think that's where success happens. And so many times I haven't got that right, but I feel that when it does happen, and you know when it's happening, you know that really good feeling when you're kind of like, "It's this is good. We're 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 doing it here." Yeah, it's such a nice feeling to to work. It's a maybe it's called a flow or something, but it's when you're in that, it just feels it. And I think that's when you have what you talked about there. You know that aligning up those goals and the personal goals. You get that right, and you're you're in a great space. Control the controllables, for example, in my world is the yeah. cookbook. Control the controllables and the results will take care of themselves. You cannot control the outcome, but if you, you can control the process that you choose to, to implement, mm. and then the results will take care of themselves. One of the mm. things looking at your website is a number of the logos that you guys have worked with over the last two years. You know, mm. Companies like HubSpot, 53 Degrees Nord, Brown Thomas, Vodafone. I could go on. I won't, though. Um, how do you know that your performance 
uh, has met your expectations or not? Um, or are you just continuously striving for improvement? Because you mentioned earlier on, like me, you'll look at like, I'll look at a talk I gave a year ago for like inspiration for our next talk. And I will like struggle to get through the talk because I'll be embarrassed about what I say. And then in my mind, I'm like, well, that's a sign of progress. I'm, I, I am yeah. progressing, but that's not for a client. That's just for my personal self. So how do you know that you're meeting those expectations? Um, I... Yeah, as I said, for first of all, myself and Vanny challenge each other a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that helps because you don't, then you can't let it slip. Because you've all, we all have the day, I don't care who you are, whether you're some sort of like Elon Musk, wherever you always have the day where you're just not feeling as motivated or as everything. Everyone does. And it's like a big piece is how can you keep that going? And that's when I think having the other person there saying, come on, we just get, you know, today do this, or did you get that done today? Or did this? And you get the important bit. I make it, I actually, sorry, that's another big one is making sure you focus on the important pieces because there'll always be urgent things and there'll always be the, the you know, they're like, this has to be done. I always think it's the, the, the whatever, the the fly that's just buzzing around, you know, you just get out. It's not actually that important, but it just feels like it needs to be done and it takes up your energy. Whereas actually when I, I have a, you know, setting out my day and my old school notepad, it's the important stuff first. And then you can deal with the emails that are flying in. Say, Johnny, can you do this? Can you do that? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. As long as I know at the end of the day that I got the bits that are on the pad done, I can then walk away saying that's fine. And I will try and get everything else if I can done around it. But getting the important stuff done gives you the confidence that you're progressing rather than you could always be busy. You could always all sit there and Absolutely say, yeah, look, I cracker of a day today. I did loads. And actually you look at it and you go, what did you do actually in here? But uh I think it, uh, it starts off with that longer term vision and then, you know, setting the goals in it that move the needle. So like with the clients that you mentioned that we work with, like, you know, whether it's well, like even some of the work we do with Heineken, I can, I know, I know it's successful because uh, we set that out with our clients in the scope of work that we do to begin with. Yeah. And when we sit down and we do that and we try and look at it and it doesn't matter. Like some we've, we've had, we were very, we were, we were, I suppose, honoured in terms of we we won the Grand Prix for Heineken for the drive-through as work we did for the launch of Zero Zero, um, the non non alcohol alcoholic beer that they have, um, and and that's been an uh, heralded like it's just one of the biggest successes that they they've the Heineken company have had in terms of they they are nearly the market at the moment. They well, lead that, that for sure, yeah. They, they lead that category. We've had a small part to play in marketing it, but the, the team in there, the what they've done is incredible. And we we have little little markers along the way to show how we progress that. And that feels really good. Like my big thing is if we can, as an agency, um deliver like real change for a client, like real change. Like you're talking about in a country where not drinking is looked on with scorn almost, or there's something wrong with you. The only way out of not drinking is if you're pregnant or if you're, uh, if you're you on enjoy January like you know, yeah, right yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And that was what it was like. It was like, you're not drinking, is there something wrong with you? Yeah. And, and now in the last few years, that's changed. You know, people are, people are going into a pub and confidently ordering a non-alcoholic beer, not just the Heineken variant, but our, our ordering. And, and we feel that in the work we've done with them during that time, especially when with that piece around the drive through which is aimed at a younger audience, that we, 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 we've impacted that change. And that feels great. 
and yeah. and that feels and we can sense it the client knows it so the client trusts us then to deliver more and to work closer with them and to be part of their team so we know from those things how, how that how that works i think i think as well like I, as a person like i i set out as as people of my age decide to do uh to do a triathlon is it, is it just like guys wow. in their mid thirties or whatever who decide to do the triathlon thing? So I did uh, did that, but then then it was in the middle of COVID. Couldn't really do it because they all got shut down. So I kind of did it myself, and I set up my own little one where I did it. But at the same time, then got this hunger to be like, I wonder if I could do. I was I was cycling a lot along the coast road in Dublin, and I was like, I wonder if I could do an Ironman. A friend of mine is uh, he has done is is training for one. Like okay, so that became my immediate fixation of. <sighs> Could I do that? So now I'm signed up to do like a half Ironman and then I'll do the Ironman in, in next year, in 2022. My point here is though that you kind of had that little go and then it led to the bigger, you know, to keep going, keep going. And that's probably just the thing about me is wanting to go further. But also if you ask that question of how do you, how do you get to that final one? You don't just go and do the the final piece the big beat you, you do project by project and bit by bit along the way and i think that's how we do it with our clients you know we don't just go in and suddenly we're doing these huge pieces of work for them we go in with a small project or something simple and we we make a difference we work with brian thomas on their virtual events this year um which was you know they, they would run a lot of in-store live events and they're both revenue generating and they are great for awareness talkability and rewarding customers so yeah. we took that online and we were able to build a bespoke uh, piece of software that was able to um, allow them to generate that revenue back again, to engage with the influencers that they use, you know, from, from LA to, to London, to Europe, to bring them in and to have the audience engage at a time when it was really, really difficult to do that. So that, um, yeah, th those kind of things have been different. You, you don't just, that doesn't happen overnight though. That happened because we have Absolutely. worked with them sure. over the last year on different events. So, yeah. Sharing the vision. Uh, it's one of the questions that I end every podcast on with people. The question I ask them is, you know, taking your company to that level of excellence requires you to articulate where the company is going or what it's becoming. So what is your big picture vision for your company? Um, so our big picture vision, this is a funny video. You, you tip me off, you're going to ask that. And I know from hearing the ones I listened to this morning with the guys, it's actually been one of the toughest things to deal with because we had a vision in January 2020 about what we were going to do. Yeah. And that, as I said, was ripped up. <laughs> in the shredder. Changed. Yeah, yeah, or very much changed anyway. But like, I, I think my big, one of the biggest frustrations I've had throughout this has been what I would call of like the, the fog of COVID of it, we haven't been able to see forward. I don't know what's ahead. So like we're trying to plan and we're in a lockdown at the moment and I'm not going to get, uh, get into the politics of this, but I don't know when it's going to end this current lockdown and neither do you and neither does anyone. And, I, and to be fair, I, I don't think the government do and I don't think the people, I don't envy them in trying to make those, make those calls, but they don't know, we don't know. So if you're asking me, how's your planning going, Johnny? And I'm like, well, I can't plan because I can't tell you what's gonna happen. Are we out of this in February or March or whatever? And again, that's, and I hope, I hope all goes well on the, the rollout of the vaccine. And I hope that 
we start to you know come through this is really difficult at the same time i'm also working uh with several clients on potential rollouts of their festival activations in the uk and ireland and europe so in one deal i couldn't tell you i don't know when we're next going to be able to get out of our houses in a, in a normal way and at the same time we're planning for what our festival is going to be like in 2021 and 2022 so you've got this kind of double-edged sword to like not knowing in front of me in the next weeks how it will work and also knowing longer term i kind of know what clients want to do well, that's a, that, that's an answer in itself. And as long as you take care of the the, the, the daily process, like you could look a couple of days ahead and just take care of that mm. and the outcome will take care of itself, which I'm assuming is just to continue to, to uh, what's the word that's going out of my head, uh, be there for your clients, may I say, and then just continue to make sure revenue is coming in, being the yeah. goal for 2021. Absolutely. And I think that there is that, like there's the, the what's the expression, that uh, the necessity is the mother of invention. And I think... That's what I've seen a lot of. And I know we've had to, like, there's been so many necessity points for us. We have to do this. We have to keep it going. I've, a friend of mine who is, um, who, who has had a, two things he's done, and he's really good. He, he's created a, a, an art installation across Dublin uh, called The Positive Space. Uh, Anthony Remedy is his name. And all of the, I think you would have seen all the poster sites around Dublin went blank. They just were grayed out throughout. Yeah. Uh, throughout the first lockdown. So he came up with an idea to get uh, famous photographers to put their art across it. So the city became a canvas. Oh, well. I just think it's super cool. And he also then set up a second thing is called Back to Dine, which is uh, a piece he's worked with some top, uh, like JP McMahon is doing this next one, uh, sort of the, the boxes that are going out from restaurants. Um, and uh, set up a whole thing around that. And I actually think anyone in the restaurant industry who is now going out and changing what they were, like if you ask them back back then, like we work with some restaurants and some and hotels, and if you said to them back again, like a year ago, what's your what's your big goal? What's your what's your vision for? And they probably have that. And if I told you now that you were selling your meals in a box, uh, and your customers were dropping in to pick up a box of your food and cook it at home. You'd never have guessed that. So that fog of COVID is just, you know, I, I think some of them are going to keep doing it, which is the amazing. It was a necessity, and it's actually turned into a brilliant, a brilliant piece of work for for them. It's kept people going. I think it's kept their livelihoods, but it's also been just that amazing creativity to go and do it. I'm, so, I'm going to yeah. ask you to share the name of that guy so I can include a link to his stuff or even an article on his stuff in the. I will. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I completely agree. Because if the question was asked to me about big picture vision, very hard to answer as well. You rewind a year ago, and uh, the world we're in as Sadler as a franchise, uh, flying to London on Monday to do chain, and then back in Dublin, but we're in Salesforce Tuesday, Wednesday for full days. Mm. You're never at home. I, I live in a village called Rototh, small village in Meath, but now I haven't left, and I'm just consistently here, still being able to deliver. In fact, probably not a little you have to close more business, but you're able to deliver more because you can do a morning session with Salesforce and then you can do an afternoon session with, you know, a small business owner. So, yeah. and you don't have to leave or talk. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, hopefully that's been, uh, that's been interesting and you've, you've got some new insights. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us. Okay. Thanks, Emil. All right. Take care, Johnny. Really good talking to you. All the best.